0: You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss
1: ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens
0: of our heart and how to heal what we discover
1: creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want.
0: Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hi, angels. Um, Welcome back to the podcast. Mm. How are you doing out there in the land of the living? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The,
1: the, The podcast listener world <laughs>
0: all the other worlds you live in <laughs> right like you know sometimes I work from when I work from home I real I don't realize I forget that there's a whole new a whole world out there of people oh, sure. yeah and opportunities Jeez. and like I'm like oh oh people people
1: <laughs> yeah sometimes it's hard for me to be in touch with like what other people do because I just forget you know like I um in one of my groups, somebody had posted, you know, a suggestion of getting up earlier in the morning to spend time, like alone time with yourself and starting the day. And I was like, I, number one, you know, not a morning person. It's not a thing for me, but I was like, I don't use an alarm to get up. And I actually just in this moment realized how odd that is. in (laughs) comparison to the rest of the world? Or not the rest of the world, but you know, like a majority of people. And it was like, half of it was that like, I don't want to wake up to an alarm. I don't want anybody to wake up to an alarm, but wow. I just had that, you know, experience of like,
0: your world is different
1: than other people's world. Like automatically
0: when you wake up in the morning. Crazy. And this is an aside, which has nothing to do with the podcast, but you know how we like to go down a little tangent road, even if it's not related. So oh, yeah. one of the things that somebody I think I said this before in a previous podcast, but one of the things that um, I've heard recently that stuck with me, they they tell you to go back to when you were a child Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and to see how the relationship you had built with mornings and with evenings, like what did that look like when you were a kid? Were mornings really hard? Did you have to get up really early Or did you, you know, were nights really hard where you didn't want to go to bed because you wanted to stay up and it felt cool to stay up at night? Like your own natural biorhythms were fighting with what your parents were asking you to do. And um, for me, like I realized that's why I don't like mornings is because I used to have to get up at 4 30 AM every day. So my mom could drive me to the farm so that my grandparents could take me to the bus stop. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Oh my God! No wonder why I don't do well in the morning. I'm like, I'm still exhausted from being a kid, right? <laughs> you know, it's, you
1: know, like you said, that natural rhythm, yeah. like, obviously wasn't a 4:30 in the morning rhythm, and never will be, right? Because
0: it's how we are. Yeah, it's amazing to think about. So it's just, it was just like, kind of like, oh, okay. I I never really thought that that was because I was like, why can't I want to be the person that gets up in the morning before work, even if I do work from home and just sit and have a cup of tea and to eat my breakfast before I have to go to work. But I am so like, I'm going to get every minute I can of sleep. And I don't care if it's five minutes and I've got like my whole routine down to like 10 to five minutes before work, because yeah. I just, I would rather sleep, but if I let myself, usually I'm up eight thirty is when I kind of tend to surface, yeah. you know. So it's really interesting. I find that, you know, our relationships and how it's dictated. But of course, I have to be up before eight thirty. So,
1: right. Well, most of us do. And again, you know, we can totally get into the like time was made up anyway and uh, was then controlled in order for us to be productive, you know, in certain ways because a lot of us, have very different sleep cycles, you know, and and it really shows if everybody were to be able to do whatever they wanted, I I mean, it would amaze me, some people would get up at five and go to bed at nine, because that's what their bodies want to do. Some will stay up until, you know, five in the morning and sleep during the day. And it's like, it's, it amazes me. I mean, I've like, I don't want to get up in the morning. I like waking up and kind of laying there for a few minutes and I enjoy it. Like, I, I feel like if that's what I nurture. Like, and, and I that, that's my nurturing of the morning, right? Is like not fucking doing anything. <laughs> and, and having it be on my own terms. And I had to create a life that was like that. And it was really hard because I know that that's not, yeah. you know, that's not what I did for all of those years either. You know, I, I, I saw a picture of my commute the other day when I used to live in New Jersey and commute to New York city. And it was standing in line in the freezing cold with snow all around waiting for a bus. And I remember being like, Ugh, I used to have to get up so early in the morning. It was, I was five miles outside of the city, but it took an hour and a half to get to work. <laughs> And I, I mean, I was lucky that the bus was across the street from my house because (laughs) I got like the most amount of sleep as possible, but yeah, like just kind of bringing back to that space of like, yeah, that was not my natural rhythm by any means. It did not feel good every morning. It did not feel good.
0: (laughs) And it's like yesterday I slept. eight, eight 30 is when I woke up and I was like, okay. And I was tempted to go back to sleep, but I'm like, man, let's get up. And I did. And I took my time. I fed my cat and I had tea and I had my breakfast. And then I was like, I think I'm ready to go into the computer room and start my day with my other stuff. And I did. And it felt great. And I was productive. And I was like, can I do this every morning, but not have to wake up at 7.00 AM? Like really? Yeah, But it shows that
1: a huge difference, right? Like we, we've gone from like, when we talk about the companies understanding, like, whoa, some of our employees are way more efficient now that they have like the space to work from home. And it's kind of like, maybe that's the next step of like, maybe our schedules can kind of, you know, go that way. Right. Like if I'm training somebody to, like who, who's doing, um, you know, doing business on their own or whatever, it's like, you discover what your power hours are right? Like when are you the most alert? When do you feel like you connect the most? Pay attention to your week and find those hours
0: that you're like, like oh yeah, these are, these are the hours and plan well, everything around that. <laughs> and it's funny when you say that, and I don't know why we're going on about this, but apparently it's a topic yeah. we needed yeah, to talk meant about. To. <laughs> so um, last week, I, I'm now switching to four tens next week. Mm -hmm. And my thing was always like, well, I don't want to work till late because then I just go to bed. Well, I just go to bed when, when I've had to get up early. Yeah. So, and a part of me thinks like, because I can choose my own hours. I just have to say what my hours are going to be. So if I choose nine to seven, or if I choose, uh, you know, eight to six, like, I'm like, okay, so say I tried out nine to seven. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I just kind of like decided that that's, you know, the timing that I liked. I would probably go to bed later, of course, but I would, I would sleep later. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost think that my clock would adjust because I'm sleeping until 8.30, 8, 8.30, which is late, which is a good time for me. And then I'm stepping and then, and then I get to work, which last week I realized like when we were doing our final class together, I like, I was still working when we started and I felt like about 3 PM, I hit my stride and I was like, oh, and I just kept working and working because I was like this, I feel productive. But I think you know part of it is because a, you know every everybody's not everybody's not slacking me, I'm not getting instant messages i'm I'm having you know I'm having space to just really dive in, and I can set my hours differently. But I was like, what would that look like? So I'm kind of toying around with the idea, but then again, everything else would have to shift during the week because, sure. I have things going on like authentic relating games and things like that that I have to be at a certain time but Mm -hmm. I just found it very interesting and I found it very like what if I do nine to seven my time what if you do and what if it's great yeah
1: I mean I've found that since I've been doing that I go to bed the same time that I always ever have Always, no matter what time I had to get up in the morning, it's like, I'm not tired until this time of night, which is pretty late, like midnight, one o'clock, always been this way. That's how I am. When you have to get up at 640, that's not enough sleep. (laughs) But if you can get up at 738, I feel great. (laughs) Like I have slept enough and that schedule has given me so much more Like I'm not not groggy. I don't have the brain fog because it's like I'm following instead of forcing. And it really, you know, I mean, I know that everybody doesn't have that opportunity. I wish everybody did. But I'm like, well, if you have the opportunity, it's at least worth playing around with. The worst that can happen is you can be like, well, it's not even that. I just just don't want to be forced to wake up, right? Like, (laughs) no matter when it is, if I feel like I got something to do when I wake up, I don't like it. But man it would be great it could end up being like wow I feel good every day because I don't have to force myself into something
0: well and actually probably feel more rested yeah so yeah so I'm toying around with it but um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens um but I I think that time like you said <laughs> <laughs> It's such a, you know, it's like, what is time? Mm-hmm. It, it just, yeah. 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 So, so check in with Facebook you. This huh?
1: I shared that on my Facebook page this morning and somebody was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, it was all made up. And I actually used Arizona as an example, <laughs> you know, cause they were like time, is, you know, essentially was like, mm, I don't know about that. And I was like, yeah, well, Arizona changed time. You they were like, we're not going to do data daylight savings it doesn't work for us like how they changed time because time is made up
0: <laughs> so you make up something different if enough people say so <laughs> yep yeah there's a town in like illinois or indiana that doesn't do daylight savings time and so it's like this one town stays like the same time and everybody around them changes but they don't that's amazing <laughs> well, Oregon was going to do that too. Yeah. So just, to just, Portland, just Portland, just yeah. Portland. Like, I'm like, really? So the rest of the things around us is a different, like, I would be like, I would be so fucked up in the head that I don't know that I could really figure that out. <laughs> it's one thing when the entire state is the same time. It's one thing right. when you're in a city and your neighbors in the next town over is in a completely different time zone. That's a clusterfuck, and that's a mind melding type of like, oh my yeah. gosh, like I don't know that I have the brain power to to understand what's going on here. Like a time warp, right? Like if you have to meet with somebody in Portland
1: and it's four o'clock for them, yeah. and you're trying to do a four o'clock meeting, you're like, okay, so it's going to be four o'clock when I'm in there, and then I'm going to come back to four o'clock at my tech. like what? <laughs> I'm gonna have four o'clock twice today.
0: Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Well, it is all made up.
1: It, <laughs> it is. totally is. It is. Yeah. So but that it, actually ties in with, honestly when uh, we were going on, it, it it actually came full circle to what we're talking about today. Anyway,
0: what is that, Miss <laughs> Uh
1: Like beginning again, doing yeah. things differently, reinventing our own wheel, and how. Uh, how we can do that and you know what to do about that when that comes into our lives as something that we're interested in because I think it's important I think there's not enough people out there that can believe in themselves and believe in the concept of um, reinventing being um you know possible and it keeps a lot of people stuck so I'm feeling (laughs) like you know to people who are very good <laughs> at saying, yeah, I'm just gonna do this now and go do this now. Can <laughs> really maybe <laughs> put some insight into the world for other people to get a little bit of that, I don't know, courage, trust, whatever.
0: And, and and just you know, friends, like this could be anything from changing career paths to moving your physical body across the states, across like like just just showing up, no job, no exact real place to live, maybe in a lead on an apartment, but just packing the car and showing the fuck up. Like Vanessa and I have done that a couple times. Yeah. (laughs) I'm on my second Hail Mary to the Northern part of the West coast. So it's like, I'm creating this like diagram of like, you know, I'm never going back to the East coast. So don't ask. I, I will not, I will either be in I will be on the west so, southwest or northwest like yeah. I don't see myself ever coming back to the way, to the east coast. Sorry. I hear you. It's all good. I mean, I don't know who knows where I'm going to be. I mean, I I feel the
1: east coast right now, but I feel also that if the west coast gave me a good enough uh, opportunity <laughs> face to step into, I would leap right into it without
0: question. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I get it. Yeah, I get yeah. it.
0: So Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, most of you may say, and most of you may think like, I can't do that. I couldn't change everything now. And, and you may say, I have so much invested in X, or I've done so much in this, but here's the reason why we, I, I think we should share why we made our changes. And so, yeah. Maybe that hits something within you guys, or that connects to something—a yearning that's within you—that that you may feel. That oh, I didn't realize that was there, because like okay, for me, when I left Pennsylvania, I and I moved to Arizona. I did so because a, um, I felt stifled. I wasn't going anywhere my job was laying people off. Like, like, it was just like, it felt there was a lot of endings Mm -hmm. and I'm like, and I got the feeling that I was supposed to leave, you know, months before that. And when my dad got sick and eventually died from cancer, like he gave me the freedom to leave. Like it was his gift to me energetically because one of the people I felt responsible for was my dad. Like, you know, however that went down, but his passing was him saying, go do it, go forth and do you. And I just, Arizona kept coming up in books, on license plates, like it just kept showing up. And I said, okay. And the place in the places I was looking at and where I thought I'd end up, I didn't even know. The one place that I looked at that I wanted to go, I was like, oh, it's so expensive to live there. I could never live there. And where did I end up? The place that was so expensive. And I was able to live there. So like, it's funny how the universe pushes us. Why? And why? Why did I move? Because I wanted to feel expansion. I wanted to get out of the energy of the East coast and where I could feel I could thrive, where people knew me from when I arrived, not my past, not where I came from, not all the things that have happened, not like they knew me from ground zero. Mm -hmm. And, but they didn't have all of the information to judge me with. Because what I was finding was in my growth and in my energetic leveling up, a lot of people resisted that. Yes, They wanted me to be the same person I always was. Mm-hmm. And I was turning I was shifting, I was healing, I was looking at things I was like there is I was on the path, and that didn't look the same as it always did for people, and oh, people yeah. were really upset and I don't blame them I don't blame them for being upset because it's it's hard to know where you fit when somebody is growing right. it's hard to know where you fit in that equation, especially if you're not a person who is doing any type of growth or leveling up or whatever that's okay that's your choice that's nothing wrong with that but when you're on the path and you know friends feel like you don't love them anymore or that you're not the same person they they say that like you've changed and I'm like well I fucking hope so I'm doing a lot of freaking work to change
1: I'm trying to be 16 forever. everything
0: it's like <laughs> you're stuck. It's like, I felt energetically stuck and pigeonhole to the person that I was before I started this journey. And I think that was the biggest thing is I felt I needed to break free so that I could continue to grow and not hit that glass ceiling. And I did it in Sedona. I, you know, I worked, I had a really decent job. I, you know, at first worked for some great people in the end, not so much, but, um, And, you know, and then there came a time where I was feeling trapped again. I felt trapped. I felt like emotionally I hit another glass ceiling in growth. Like I hit, I didn't think I could, but like I knew where I was at. I could not move forward. That's why we didn't really start the body series until I got here was because of the fact that I couldn't do that work in the location I was in. Yep. It was just impossible, and that's what I wanted. So the universe changed the winds and and kind of nudged me on the shoulder and planted a couple seeds and said, "Why not move again?" Yep. And I was like, "Okay." And. <laughs> I was coming up to the Pacific Northwest for every four months to visit my friends. And <laughs> oh, and I knew the area. I love the area. And um, so when I just was like, okay, it was either going to be Colorado or it was going to be up here in the Pacific Northwest. And I chose Vancouver, Washington, which is basically North Portland, but I, you know, I did. And I was like, okay. And then I made the choice and I did it. This one was harder than the first one. I showed up without a a job or a place to live this time. I mean, I did last time too, but I was so convinced last time. This time there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of like, I knew it was the right move, but like. Some weird things were happening
1: too at the time that were like. Is this a trust thing or is this a blockage?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you know, having arguments with my best friend, like, you know, just, you know, really like dealing with a lot of heavy things, but I think that's how we're birthed. Is that not, I mean, I think sometimes birthing isn't easy. It's never easy for the mom. Right, (laughs)
1: She,
0: She is in a ton of pain and a ton of like, whatever to try to birth this beautiful human into the world. Well, you know, I think that's what I did to myself is like, I was birthing myself into this space. But then the, the, I mean, the human coming out comes from the most safest place
1: in the world into what feels very, very unsafe until safety is provided for them. Yeah. So it's like, wow. The duality of that. Yeah. (laughs) Birthing myself. I'm both the mother and the baby. What? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Crazy, crazy. So Um, I I think too was, you know, for me, it it just, it was, I was supported universally. Like I found the temporary apartment. I got the job. I found the apartment that I'm in, which was the first one I found. It was like, I'm living there, but I was rejected. I don't know if you guys remember uh, the journey about how this apartment said, no, we can't rent to you. And you're the least desirable renter. I ended up, this is where I'm at. Guess who rented to me. Right. So anything can happen. Anything. Anything can happen. Um, so you know and that's and as a year in February what 10th, 12th, 14th. The 14th is when I arrived here. That's a year. Wow. I've done I've been here for a year. Now I've been faced with a lot of depression, with a lot of sadness, struggling a lot. However, I also know that I'm doing, I'm growing more at a quicker rate than I ever have. Yeah. And I'm meeting the people of my ilk, the people of my, my tribe. And that alone is confirmation enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm, I, I am supposed to be here. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew within the first three months of being here that this was the decision <laughs> because the things that I'm achieving and growing and the understandings are so monumental that it was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is it, for real. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of my story. Um, Vanessa, when you did your first Hail Mary, what was, what was you, what was you doing? Why?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if we really think about me, I, I kind of have always been all over the place. I mean, the, the second that I graduated from high school I was ready to go somewhere just <laughs> anywhere other than where I was and you know so we took that big leap from Ossipee New Hampshire to Concord <laughs> from the woods to the city <laughs> you know but uh, to be there for a year before college college was in another state. I mean, I, I, and I moved around a lot. I mean, I just feel like it's kind it was kind of always in me to be like a bit of an adventurer, but there was always reasons for it. You know, like that felt like it was um, what you're supposed to do or something happened. And it meant I had to do it. Right. Um, I think of the first time that I made that decision to just go, I'm just going to go somewhere else was when I moved to New Jersey and um, I've been in, to Jersey one other time. It was not the most pleasant experience, um, but my ex-husband was from there. So I was like, hey man, I'll try it out. I mean, and it was literally like that. I was just like, I'll try it knowing I got places I can go to if, I, if this is a big fail, it's going to be fine. Um, and and that, I don't know where that, I don't know where that came from at that time, honestly. Um, I think it was just maybe being sick of where I was at and like the, what you were talking about, I knew that that Northeast, it's, it's home in my heart for who I am. And I know that, but at the same time, it's not who I am now, you know, like in all of the other ways, I, I knew I couldn't grow in that space. I knew that, that, that there was a certain type of person that existed there that I couldn't find the resources, the tribe, the whatever, to, to morph in any way, and I could feel it trying to emerge. Um, and so, being in Jersey, I did. I found different friends. I found different culture. I mean, it was like I grew like almost immediately just from the experiences of being in some place so very different. Um, but I would, I would say, like the. The biggest Hail Mary was that first trip to Florida. Um, And I, again, I was trying to get out of Jersey for a while. I was stuck there. Financially, I didn't feel like I had it in me to be what you need to be in order to get what I wanted, you know, like to buy the house that I wanted and things like that. It was like the kind of work, the amount of work, it's just not really, I'm not here for it. And I can hear boomers all over (laughs) being like, "Oh, you didn't want to work for it?" And it's like, "Well, I'm sorry to tell you no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to work 60 hours a week to pay for a house that I wasn't going to enjoy because right. I was working 60 hours a week. None of that made any sense to me, man. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. Um, and you know, <laughs> I could not I couldn't afford a return ticket from the Hockey Nationals that I went to in Florida. Um, 2014, yeah, in uh, April of 2014. So I bought a one-way ticket, and uh, my boyfriend at the time decided to go take his own trip to Florida, and so the 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 deal was that I was going to drive back with him because I could afford (laughs) to pay for some gas to get home, (laughs) and that was one of the riskiest things that I've ever done right? Like I bought a one-way ticket to Florida and just kind of figured I'd get home. <laughs> um, and when I was there, I was so happy. I mean, I was so happy. I had such a good time with my friends, but I also like just the sunshine and the feeling and, and, and watching people who lived there, like just the, their demeanor, the way that they spoke to each other. The way that they carried themselves, I thought, this is the kind of person that's inside of me. That this whole, like, I'm a meandering south, <laughs> little by little. But Jersey ain't it either. Like, I'm not, I'm not a Jersey girl. Um, so yeah, I mean, from there, it was within six months. Wow. I was, I was down in Florida. I just made the decision. That's what I was gonna do. It all kind of fell in line a little bit, you know. the the space that I rented ended up being like a halfway house of some sort. (laughs) I did not know (laughs) clearly. Um, whoops, (laughs) the job that I didn't have, I mean, I had interviewed for, but I didn't have it when I moved down there. I mean, these were all things that, you know, at the time made me a little bit nervous, but I definitely was like, no, if I, if I fail miserably, I have to do this. And that's the difference. I feel like I've never left until that feeling showed up that, like, if I don't do this, I'm going to be tortured. I have to try because even if, and I've never failed, but even if it's somehow the wrong thing, I'll undo it, but I have to try it. And, you know, I I ended up with my beautiful daughter out of that. I ended up fleeing the state. (laughs) Kind of in a panic, um, a fugitive. No, just kidding. Yeah, I like a fugitive from all kinds of everything. Spent six months in Texas. That was another hail mary. You know, like yes, I had family to stay with, but who does that? <laughs> who just says, I guess I'll try out Texas because it's not working out here. We do that. We do that from <laughs> Texas to Myrtle Beach, and to Myrtle Beach from Myrtle Beach to the next spot, whatever that that is chosen. Um, will be, but I think that like the, the main part about all of these decisions that I've made is that concept that I, that I kind of brought up of like, once you've done it once, you really can, can get that into your soul that there are other places that can put pieces of me together that, that can't happen in the space that I'm in. Yep. And yep. you get to, you start to embrace it and be a little bit excited about it. Yep. And, and it is hard to be in that knowledge when you're in the stuck place. When I was in Jersey, I would have never seen the person that I am today. Like it was nowhere on the horizon, not even a little bit. Could anybody have even come back? If I myself came back from, came from the future and sat down with me in 2012 <laughs> in my apartment in New Jersey and said, dude,
0: you're
1: going to have a kid. You're going to be out on your own. You're going to be like looking at buying houses. You're going to be like all over the South of, of, of the United States out have been Like, I don't see any of that. I'm going to be stuck here forever. And I'm going to just have to be this person forever. And that first taste of knowing like, oh, I can, I can be anywhere and do anything because I can trust in myself. Yeah, really, really was a game changer for me. And that's what I think, you know, when we're bringing this whole thing up, I think, you know, telling these stories are hopefully, you know, inspirational stories yeah. of, you know, like to get people to go, well, if, if let's suspend reality that I'm deciding is reality, let's spend that for a moment. Well, What I do? Mm-hmm. If I thought that there was zero negative repercussion, would I go try some other place to live? Would I try out another career path? Would I, you know, do what, whatever it is? And, you know, if you can dream it, you can do it. You know, I mean, I think that, that, that we've said it a lot, but once you do one of them, <laughs> you get like a whole other level of like, okay, maybe that wasn't easy, but I've learned a lot. Maybe the next time it'll be easy um, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm thankful for all of those versions of me that took the leaps of faith based in like, I have to do it. Like I have to, I can't not do it. I feel it so strongly that if I don't do it, I'm just gonna feel tortured.
0: And I think too, is once you experience the freedom of doing it the first time, you, you kind of never feel trapped again. Yeah. You never really feel, you always know, like when it's, when you can do it, when your time and you're being supported to do it and that you just step off and you're like, I got this. It's like, wow. Cause you can't unhave bravery or courage. It takes a lot of courage and bravery to do these things. But once you've done them, that doesn't encourage the bravery doesn't go away. It's always within you. You realize that because you may be like scared the whole frigging time. And you're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? As you're driving away from your home, you know, but it's, it's like, when you get to the other side of that and you're like, shit, I've lived, I've lived on my terms. I think that's one of the driving factors that pushed me was to live on my terms what I wanted to do, not what my family wanted to do, not what my friend thought I should do or anybody else in my life. But I did that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Not for anyone else. It was the first time I took into account what I wanted in my life. And I think that all the things in my life led up to that point because of being the reformed people pleaser, like you get so tired of living based off of pleasing others that at some point you get to that point where you're like this is for me i deserve to be happy i deserve to feel expansion you know Mm -hmm. and i'd never been to arizona before so it wasn't like i was making like oh i took the vacation after i decided to move yeah so it wasn't like I knew what Arizona was. I just showed up. Like, I was just like, oh, maybe I should take a vacation and go see if I really like this place or not. Yeah. So, well, cause it's that faith of like,
1: uh, I don't know when you feel it and it's hard, it's hard to describe that, but when you feel it and you feel like, I gotta, I gotta do this. You really do just go. Yeah. If I do this and it, and it doesn't work out, I'll do something else because if I'm brave enough to do this, I will be brave enough to do something else.
0: Right. Like hundred percent. That's what, you know, one of my old mentors, Tori Hartman said to me, she was part of the LPD group that I, um, that she taught. And she, she said to me, she says, the great part about making the choice to do it of where to live is, is that you can change your mind at any time. She says, we have that ability. If you go somewhere, you don't like it and you feel, oh, this wasn't a good move or whatever, you change your mind and you go somewhere else. Right.
1: Right. And sometimes it comes along with humility, right? Like, so, you know, I think when, when you were, when you were talking about the idea of like bravery and courage and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, I mean, I think that there's also, you know, some of that, that, that humility of like, by any means necessary, but you, 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 you gain, the strength and you gain the knowledge that of your resourcefulness, and it almost becomes like instead of your overwhelm being that you are overwhelmed with what your life is right now, you get overwhelmed with possibility, which you'd think sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> no, not necessarily <laughs> because you're like, I have too many choices,
1: and now <laughs> I have to narrow those down. It was real easy the first time because I didn't feel it as a ch- as a choice as much as it felt like I gotta do it like it's like a a dare like oh. my, my my soul double dog dared me and I couldn't say no
0: <laughs> well and I think like well for me too it was also out of desperation okay yeah there was a little bit of desperation of needing to feel free and needing to feel like I can finally fluff my wings and like let them expand and show up. That was my part. When I showed up in Arizona, I said, you're going to show up how and who you are aspiring to be, not how other people saw you, but you want to be confident. You want to be assured in the work that you do. You want to expand you know, the, the spiritual intuitive side of yourself, you know? So what does the universe do? Plot me in Sedona, one of the biggest spiritual Meccas of the United States. Like they're like, okay, you want to do that? Let's sure. I'll put you there. Was it easy? Fuck no. Yeah, But I knew that all of it had a purpose, you know, and in the beginning, maybe not, but in the, as I saw things unfold, as things began to unfold, I saw it. I saw where the purpose was. I saw how everything was. I mean, I got confident enough to quit a job and not have a job because I wasn't getting paid enough. And then having them come back and rehire me at the right wage. Like, yeah, you know, I was risking, I risked being unemployed for six months so that they could see the worth that I was bringing. Like, I'd never have done that in my entire life. Right. I hope it's a job when you're people like us. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause that's security. That's foundation. But I was right. like, no, you're underpaying me. I'm doing twice as much work as what you're paying before. Yeah. This is, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. And you know? I- and it's funny because that time that I quit, the universe used Oregon as a ruse to get me to quit. Yeah. So I had thought I was moving to Oregon the first time I quit, but I was not because I was not complete with Sedona. And I see that now because I see all that I've learned and done since that moment. But it was like saying to me, you deserve better.
1: You deserve better. You didn't come here to do this. Right. And you came here to be the powerful woman you are.
0: Yep. And, (laughs) And so when they asked me to temporarily come back and help them, I said okay and I did and then they found we found the the shit show that that person that replaced me left and they're like they had to fire her and then HR was really willing to pay me the money that I wanted that I deserved. That's beautiful and I know like the amount of courage that
1: that takes I mean people who are listening right now are like "Uh uh-uh yeah (laughs) like I, I'm going to pay my bills when I quit my job and hope that they see the light, right? Like that takes oh. a lot of, of, of that faith, but it comes from, honestly, I th- it comes from some, there was like a nugget of gold. There was a lot of gold nuggets, but there was one that I want to expand on and the idea of not have, not operating from anybody else's program anymore. Like that act and a lot of these other acts are like Hmm. my, my parents might've told me never to quit that job. Right. But I'm not operating from their program anymore. Damn it. I am operating from my will (laughs) and my soul and I am not going to do this anymore. And that's what like, I think we try to instill in people who are feeling stuck is like really looking at like, who's, whose program are you operating from right now? Yeah. Are you pleasing somebody other than you? Are you following, you know, just the footsteps that were put in front of you because they were easy to see, you yeah. know, because when we're stuck, that's, I, I, I'm not going to say a hundred percent, but it's pretty damn close to a hundred percent of why we're unhappy because we are not having autonomy. We are not in touch with our, ourselves. And when People hear that sometimes they're like, oh yeah, like what am I gonna do? Quit my job and watch Netflix all day? Like, no, you're not going to. Most people are not going to. They may do that for a short period of time because it feels great to be on a little vacation. (laughs) But most of us will find something. If we had to, we would find something to do if we felt like, because we want the autonomy. We do like the autonomy on our own terms. Being able to feel like it was a choice. Versus a forced thing. And right. that's, what I think, you know, the, the root of all of this, the root of the idea of beginning again, the root of the idea of reinvention is what parts of this current invention do I love? And what parts need rebuilding so that I can love the whole thing? And really understanding that it is possible, but you may have to do some things th- that feel scary. Right. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of people still back in Jersey that are like, I'm drowning and I'm like, leave. I can't leave. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. You can, you don't want to, because of whatever program you're operating from, that's clearly not yours or else you wouldn't be wanting to be gone. You know, like it's, it's, it's as simple as denying yourself and then what happens because of doing that. And (laughs) embracing yourself and what happens because of that.
0: Two very different lives. Being your advocate versus punishing through a narrative that was your parents or your families. It doesn't have to be necessarily your parents, but like.
1: Society, man. Like what they taught me in college or my grad school, I'm still undoing like so much of it because it was like, well, if this is what you want to do with your life, then this is what you have to be. I was like oh okay I'll go okay I guess I'll I guess I have to be that person I guess I got to operate from that program or else I'm never going to be successful I had nothing to do with my parents I had nothing to do it It was like because I put all of I put all of me and and the 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 idea of me into something external and not internal and so I allowed it to control me And I have to say it like that, you know, because when we don't use those, those empowering words and we say, it's not my fault there's something you can do about it. It's like, "Mm -mm, no, there's always something I could do about it. I didn't have to do that. I could have walked out the first day when they told me something I didn't like, but I didn't, I made the choice. I'm not mad at myself because of it. I understand why I did it. But at the same time, I have to see my choice because then it allows me to know there's more
0: choices. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, is that we also look, we use the excuse. I put so much money and effort into what I've done. Like I, I went to college for it. I, I have student loans. I have like, you know, I, I, or I've been working so hard to get myself up the ladder in my career. And like, I've, I've worked so hard to be able to make this much money and I'm like, and I get that. I, I do. I honestly get that. But if it's not feeding your soul, if it's not bringing you the type of accomplishment and feeling of pride and the feeling of like, just feeling, I did that. Like, if you're not getting that, then it's not the path. If you've really, it's not to say that hard work doesn't pay off, but if you struggled that hard to get where you're at, that's clear that the universe has been trying to tell you for a long time that that's not the path that you need to be in.
1: Right. And what's the payoff anyway, when we call a payoff, working hard for a payoff, what like, is it paying off mentally and emotionally or just financially?
0: And I just, and I, you know, I say that with a lot of love because there are some of us that don't have choices. You know, when we're living in an environment that either a we're underprivileged we're, we're a minority or were even women, you know, there are a lot of circumstances that prevent people from seeing the ability to just go do what they want, but everything is possible. If you, if you decide in your heart, that's what you want to do and your brain is on board and it's like, all right, let's do this. Then the, the world really is your oyster. Yeah.
1: And we let, li- I mean, we live in a time where connection is far easier than any other time ever (laughs) in the 1980s if you wanted to jump from you know New Jersey to Florida you got in the car and you drove and figured it out (laughs) right like I can sit here from my little computer and check out all the places in the world (laughs) See what that looked look like. Walk down the street on Google Maps. And I can find people in that area and ask them questions and become their friends from wherever I am. I mean, we we have more choice now than ever. We have more ability to build network that creates choice than ever. So, and this is what I love about like when you, I kind of got like a little goose bump you know, a little spirit, spirit chills when you were talking about disadvantaged, because in my heart, I was a little bit like, not for long, like, (laughs) you know, like in my head thinking like these resources when used, you know, the way that they can be used are bringing people out of situations that once were truly hopeless, because there's connection ability outside of your area, outside of your disadvantaged area. Yeah you can find tribe that you can build and that can help you leave. And it's never really been that easy before to build tribe. And so like when you're hearing this and really thinking about not being able to do it, it's like, oh, you know, like in my heart, I'm like, like, you don't even know how lucky we are to be in this world right now. As aside from all the BS that's in the world, when it comes to connection and creating networks, I mean, I have a lot of friends that I know their whole, like I've known, I know their children, whatever, but I've never met them in my life because I met them over, you know, like on Twitter or whatever and created connections with them, shared messages back and forth, talked to each other through tough times because, you know, maybe somebody tweets something negative and you send them a DM being like, are you all right, man? And start having a dialogue where you support each other. Like I have, I I have a lot of friends like that, that it's like, and I wouldn't feel weird knocking on their door and saying what's up because the connection is there. Yep. Oh. And like, it's like, we are so lucky to be in that world. So when you're sitting here thinking like, I don't have the ability of like, go explore. You don't have to do anything. It doesn't cost anything to find some friends in some place that you'd love to be in and learn about it. You don't have to do it just because you looked at it. doesn't mean that now, you know, we're going to come knocking on your door and go, well, now you have to jump. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, wouldn't that be funny? If you Freud's angel showing up at your door, Vanessa and Grace, like saying, all right, I heard you were dreaming and you told yourself you couldn't do it. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to show you how, Girl, we just, we just came up with a TV show.
1: I just, I just got some real strong queer eye vibes from that because, my God, I love that show. But like, could you imagine, like, we're just going to come in and I feel like Karamo is the guy who does that on Queer Eye. Like, he just sits you down and is like... How are we going to fix your life, man? <laughs>
0: Yeah, what happened in your past that hurt you, and how are we moving that today? <laughs> well, and and you know, Vanessa's gonna help you release some of your emotional blocks that are preventing you from seeing this, and I'm gonna come in with a little bit of sprinkle dust and manifest that shit, and I'm gonna, sh- and then we're gonna sit down and show you how to do it. Like,
1: oh my god, wouldn't that how be how do awesome? we market this?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but I think we just came up with a fucking fantastic TV show. I it's- would love to do that. <laughs> Let's, let's pilot let's pitch this let's let, like let's write a pilot on it and pitch it seriously because wouldn't people like be like i would if i saw that i would be like so inspired absolutely like yeah absolutely. even um, i mean and I, it doesn't even have to be like where we make everybody move to other states it can, yeah <laughs> I, mean, I know it with, can be anything yeah you don't have to move to another state but it can be anything as far as like opening your own business, starting your own podcast, being an entrepreneur, learning how to do, you know, wanting to go back to school, maybe finishing your degree or whatever it is that a dream that you wanted to achieve, that you've not seen how to do it or a possible way to do it. Um, You know, we're going to come in and we're going to just show you, help you find resources. Like, especially if, you know, you're a single mom, like, uh-huh. There's a lot of freaking <laughs> scholarships out there. There's a lot of grants. There's a lot of yeah. stuff out there. Or mm-hmm. like say you want to do certain things. Like you want to learn. Dude, Vanessa and I have probably done a, just about everything. We come change your spark plugs. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> <eat dinner. laughs> we'll put up some sheetrock. <laughs> we'll teach you how to do websites. <laughs> we're 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 just we are like a little bit of everything we both have that yeah like we both have built houses and fixed cars and have done huge moves have been courageous enough to do that have been brave enough to heal and to get out of situations that are not good for us and Mm -hmm. you know and whatever we need to do we i swear i'm like not even
1: kidding sorry everybody who's listening and trying to follow along that we (laughs) (laughs) but like truly because it is what we love to do yeah. you know I, it, it is what we love to do there's nothing more inspiring to me than watching somebody blossom than watching somebody like have the layers peel away from like all that hard shell bs of everybody else's you know whatever and watching up. that person come out and go I can do it and when you mention all those things that we do, that's part of our empowerment. I mean, uh, truly, being able to, w- because I couldn't afford to fix my car, being able to just go do it myself is an incredibly powering, powerful experience for me. It makes me feel great that I can do that, and so it it every time that happens, it keeps that foundation strong of you can always figure it out one way or another. Yeah. And when you don't have that, I can see where you don't see possibility. I can see where you feel like you, I mean, I don't know anything. I don't know how to do anything else. I hear you. I believe you that that's what you think, Yeah. but big giant, butt. huge ass, but no way more than you think. I actually had a meme that I put up the other day. We're on so many tangents. I put it up the other day that um, somebody had written, I guess it was on Twitter or something that was saying they had a class with a professor and it's something that they never forgot where the professor said, what's the first thing that we do when we encounter a problem? And he had taught the class to say, don't panic. And the next thing was why? And the the, the response was because we know more than we think we do. And... (laughs) Yeah, I know. I even, I've seen it 50 times because people have like commented on it or whatever, but like every time it hits me there, we know more than we think we do. We are more capable than we know we are because a lot of times we're afraid to begin. We're afraid. We panic instead of going within and being like, I, there's something I know about this. I'm sure. And there's somebody I know that can help me with this. I'm sure you know, and hitting that, that, you know, taking that pause and hitting that, like it, everything is, everything is possible if we're not panicking, first of all, which, you know, I'm talking to myself when I say that, yeah. but <laughs> self-directed uh, advice there. Yeah. Right. Like face universe, hilarious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I see it, I hear you, but I want you all to be listening to us and hearing us tell you that you have lots inside of you that can create that life that you maybe are even having trouble dreaming of right now. But if you are unhappy, don't live your life unhappy. Don't spend all of your years struggling because it's not worth it it. And it isn't necessary. You don't have to, you just have to break yourself free from the things that make you feel obligated to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There is hope in every situation. You just have to find it. And usually it lies in your heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know I know it's some of you out there, but like, but my circumstance, but my circumstance. Yep. I get it. I get it. The road may be long to get to the end goal, but you can achieve it. You can find that end goal. It's not impossible. It's not about people being altruistic and being the one that gets the grant The like, you know, that, that TV likes to make their poster child of good news, you know, it's, but it's out there. Mm -hmm. People like you all the time, make it out. It's possible. It has a lot to do with how you're feeling your attitude about the situation and just what you're putting off energetically. If you've got some anger about your situation, about your upbringing, about your circumstances, it's not invalid but fuel the change that you want in your life with that anchor, like fuel the step, saying I'm pissed that I live in poverty, that the, 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 the system, the way they drew the school, I'm in the blue line school. And so I don't get any funding. And I, I don't get all the things that the other schools do because they're in the red line district. Mm-hmm. Like, get pissed about it and be like, but fuck them because I'm going to live on my own terms and I'm going to make my way up and out. And I I just I encourage you to stay with that. Don't get stuck in the anger. Don't get stuck in the resentment and like, yeah, is it the fault of a lot of government bullshit? You bet. You bet it is. Absolutely. But when you don't When you keep blaming them and stay in that space of anger and blame, you're still giving away your power and your ability to make it out to them. It sucks to hear that, that you're choosing it
1: because you didn't, you didn't choose it originally. And that's, I think where, you know, that, that relief comes in is like, no, you didn't choose it. No, Mm -hmm. you don't deserve it. Nobody deserves it. However, once you, once you get to that anger stage, you have the biggest choice do i continue to let this burn me up or do i do exactly what you just said let it be fuel for me to figure out something else for me to build a different foundation that may take a little bit longer than it would for other people but it is possible for me and i am going to choose it versus choosing to self-destruct and you know i'm gonna say it giving the people who created the circumstance the satisfaction of you saying in it. It sucks, uh, but that's how I feel about it. I feel like if you need to use spite, <laughs> use spite. Yeah. That you can say you did not keep me down.
0: Nice try. You won't come too strong. Yep. Amen. 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 Because I, I really feel that I believe in a world. It's it's Why? just it's hard. It's hard because I see the injustice everywhere. Everywhere. I, oh, I I between the minorities, between Black, Asian, African minorities, between women and the LGBTQ plus community. Like, mm-hmm. I have friends in all aspects of those communities, and I see their struggle and i see how hard it is for them yeah. and i recognize that it's there and i'm not i'm not not valuing i'm i'm validating your struggle yeah. but what can we do to get you out yeah. how can We're how can overthrow we overthrow that system we
1: are your allies <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i want to overthrow that system to me it's the the minority when you add us all together are the majority and we just have to figure out how to overthrow yeah, power system. That's all. And I don't mean that we're gonna start a riot and be crazy. <laughs> we're gonna build the foundation.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the riot is. I don't know. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Just kidding.
1: And we are this. We think that because we are self-sufficient. If oh, everything goes crazy, we can plant seeds in the backyard. We can fix cars. We're like, <laughs> we're like we'll figure it out. <laughs> other people are like no 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 we're not gonna because we can't figure it out <laughs> but yeah that's that's a very good i i, I don't know like i felt a little power coming from that of like how can we help to overthrow the system i want to overthrow the system i don't want it to be this way and i know that eventually it will i just want it to go faster and i get that you know some of it is just going to be you know a, a long game but this you is how we this is how we help using our voices using our experience to try to inspire others and and do what we can to help them because that's you know that's how these things happen is banding together the minority is the majority
0: when they come together yep well it's you know and this is not and anywhere near like what the um lgbtq plus and people of color go through but somebody was on a podcast I was listening to recently said that 80% of Americans think that big pharma costs like they up, they are more worried about their profits and that they overcharge for all of their drugs. And in order to make a profit, not caring about the people who need the medicine. Mm -hmm. And he said, but yet no one can get anything done. It's it's it blew my mind because I'm like, yeah, because I'm in that situation right now. And I'm just like, oh, my sweet Jesus. And yeah. I unfortunately didn't listen to the rest of the podcast because I got pissed at that moment. I was like, fuck you. Anyone oh, listen the face. Yeah. <laughs> but I also was like, well, that's true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and then I'm like, OK, so how do we make big change? How do we? do that how do we take the, the money out of the pockets of the politicians from big pharma like how do we prevent that how do we change the system how do we change a system that that thought that it was okay to underfund kids schools living in poverty already like how was that ever a good idea right it's racism It's a systemic racism and it continues even to this day because those blue and red line schools exist. Mm -hmm. You see that inner city city schools not getting funding yet you see these posh kind of like majority white kids. Um, Their schools are like immaculate. They have.
1: And everybody uses the out of the town. Taxes, right. Well, the poor areas don't have this high taxes. So then the taxes don't go. Guess what? I live in South Carolina. And when I pay my car title, I pay for schools. It has nothing to do with the property that I live on.
0: Right. So
1: there's ways. Yeah. <laughs> there are ways. There are, you know, I know in Florida and South Carolina, I don't know about other other places, but they use the lottery to fund education in one way or another. There's ways. Yeah. So yeah. it is very much choice by people in charge. absolutely. But I will say this I saw I, and I haven't read it all through like all of the information but I saw that Mark Cuban started a pharmaceutical company, I guess kind of of his own um, to kind of combat some of that pharmaceutical stuff where he you know is just basically, selling the drugs for a little over cost or whatever to like, I forget what the example was, but one of the examples was like a drug that currently costs $2,000 is like, I don't know, 200 through the pharmacy that he's creating or created or whatever. And, you know, he's just a rich dude who is trying to do something. I don't know why he's trying to do it, but I don't care. I feel like, you know, it's kind of like when somebody, you know, Oh, LeBron James started a school that was for publicity. That was, I don't give a shit. The kids that are going to that school are getting an education that they wouldn't get otherwise. <sighs> so I don't care about the means. I don't, I don't care if it's ego. I don't care if it is to hide money. I
0: care about people getting what they need. Yep, absolutely. hundred percent I don't give a shit what their motive was, but if they continue to do that and supply that and give for making something better for someone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, and as long as it's continually funded and it's continually giving, I don't give a shit. I really don't. Like, I don't care if it was publicity. I don't care if it was to hide taxes. You don't see fucking Elon Musk or fucking, you know, Mr. Uh, Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see him taking money and, and creating schools. And creating like, yeah, you see the commercials where they're like, yeah, I went to school. I, w- I worked at Amazon and got my degree because they helped me pay for it. Yeah, really? They did? How much of it did they pay?
1: Right. right. And, and, how cost, and how long do you have to work at Amazon before if you quit, then you have to pay all the money back because that's how those programs usually work.
0: Yes. Because that's how it worked in our, on government and private. Mm-hmm. Like you sell your soul to me for 10 years. Yep. I'll pay for your school. Yep.
1: And I'll underpay you after you get your degree because you exactly. signed a, a contract.
0: Exactly. And because you can't go in out anywhere else and work because that degree, and I'm not going to give you a raise because you have a degree. It's just a piece of paper.
1: Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. You know, like when we really, and we can all get into that space. But when we get into that space, I feel like, you know, again, it's fuel. It's like, oh, I want to overthrow. You know, it's not like, oh, no, I'm stuck. It's like, you. <laughs> like how do we rebel against this because rebellion is my jam and well,
0: how do we how do we box that system i'm going to i'm going to beat a broken record and a dead horse we have to vote i know y'all you're like it doesn't fucking matter with the way the voting has gone or whatever yeah there's some truth to that but I'm not talking about presidential. I'm talking about your inner city, your your, yeah. your Senate, your House of Representatives, the people that are in your state that are working for you. Them's the people that you need to call because them's the people that makes the decisions. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, the, gover- yeah the, the, the president has to veto or sign off on it. But if you have enough weight in Congress or the House of Repre- Representatives, you are you're that's where policy changes that's where change happens that's why people are lobbyists they don't lobby the president they lobby the house of representatives or the senate they that's why it's there Mm -hmm. so i get it if you're like done with the whole fucking presidential shit i get it but here's the thing you need to do your research about your representatives in your state that's what matters
1: yeah well i mean it's down to mayoral right the town that you live in, those are yeah. the people making the decisions with the town that you live in. The president doesn't give a fuck about a tiny little town in anywhere because it's, it's actually impossible for him to. A, any president can't be present in every state, in every town of every state. That's why we have a ladder of government. So, yeah. and even the state people, right? Like they're the ones that we want to pay the most attention to when it comes to big government. But our local government is where it's at, man. The judges that you're voting for to come in, the people that you have coming in to t- handle your education, they're the ones that are going to pay the board more than the teachers. Not that has nothing to do with the president, y'all. Like we wanted to bitch about the, you know, the the education people in Washington. You need to be mad at the education people in your state, <laughs> in your town. Yeah. Those are the people who make the budgets. Yep. You've got to remember that. And that's the part that I think we all get the propaganda and everything, you know, gets thrown at, you know, let's divide by president, let's divide by party. And it's like, man, we need to care about our own communities more than anything. And these are the two ways to do that. Look at your current place, your county and your state level. Yep.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Amen because that's, that's where you're going to find change ah. and your you mayors, <laughs> your governors, your in-state level, because federal government doesn't do fucking shit.
1: No, they, they can't. I mean, look at how big our freaking country is. And each one of these people is one person. Even when you add them all up together, it's not even enough people for one person, a state, like you can't, it, I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Again. Think about being the representative of the state. Yeah. Every reporting like city, town, everything in your state, you have to know everything about them. It's impossible. You're not going to. Yeah. No. They're going to do the best they can. They should do the best they can, but you want your change in your town, you want your change in your school. Think about, you know, your local government and who, who you're who you're lobbying and, 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 um, you know, going for there. How did, how how did we get on the subject of politics? I don't know. And I was totally like, I didn't want to talk about politics. We're talking about fuel fuel. and then education and disadvantage, you know, and how, how it's systemic. And we know that, and we get that. And I think it was more like of a soothing of, you know, if people are listening and they're like, I can't get out of this place, you know, it's like, Well, for those of us that want to help, these are ways that we can help too. you know, even if we don't have money to give to people to help them go to school, we can be there to support the systems that can change in order to make this easier for everybody. And Mm -hmm. and it comes down to that level because, you know, again, like you may hear this and you may still feel, I don't have choice. I can't begin again. I can't reinvent. And I, we just really need you to know that that's not true that, and that it doesn't have to be giant steps at once, but you can do something, you can do something to change that doesn't disrupt your life today. And as you do those little changes, you may want to, you may, you may learn that you want to disrupt a little bit, but you'll feel much, much more capable.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's true. It's true. And. (sighs) I need to get out of my politics brain. Politics. It's hard. It's hard because I know where the issue is. I know right. where the problems lie. Right. And, you know, and when I, it's frustrating. And I do my best in my own personal life with like, you know, doing my best to speak up, speak out, do the things that I could do as a privileged white woman. Like mm-hmm. I don't like that I have that that's a thing. I don't like that. I have privilege. I mean, do I want it taken away? Of course not. But at the same time, there are many people out there who are living without it. And for me, it's like, okay, then what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that? Are you going to do the research and look and understand the people that don't have it and listen and Mm -hmm. do the things I can do within my power to do it? You bet. And that's, that's how you be an ally. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, I support whatever. How? It's, it's not so much do you anymore? It's how? How are we supporting people that are marginalized in, in, in the United States of America? It's supposed to be the best country in the world. It's beginning to be a shit show. And I don't like that.
1: <laughs> and we're the ones, I mean, Again, the, we're the majority. When we come together, we are the majority and we just need to figure out how to come together. And that means even with the assholes. Yeah. It's my favorite. I mean, my, not my favorite thing, but it is one of the things that I feel like, uh, how, how wonderful that I was put on the earth to do this. But that bridging the gap of like, when somebody is really acting ignorant, I really do try to be like, well, how did you get this way, man? Because if I want to bring you over the bridge, I need to come to your side. Clearly, you can't walk, but I want you to walk. So if I want what I want from you, (laughs) if I want openness from you, then I have to be open too. And I know that that's hard for people who are angry. I a hundred percent get it. So let those of us who are not that angry or who can channel it, let us, you know, take on that role and allow that to be something that we do because we we all, all can relate to feeling like rejected. We can all relate to the feeling and once we can connect to that feeling, we can understand people better. Yep. And I just really believe that. Um, I
0: do. 100%. 100%. Save the world, man, and get our TV show. <laughs> this was supposed to be just this light conversation about empowerment. And now I'm, I'm not sorry we turned to politics because I think people need to hear it. But at the other end of it, I don't want to leave you guys with such a downer. Um, no, no, definitely not. So, so just know in your heart of hearts that whatever is in your heart and you desire is possible. Yeah. And there are people like Vanessa and I that are here to encourage you, to empower you, to give you help. What, in whatever way that is, to give you any type of just you can do it. We will forever be a cheerleader it's, it's our role in life. It's not, it was no mistake. We were that in real life, but we will always help you whether it's reframing what you feel and your, you know, what is happening in your life to helping you see it differently to finding, helping you find resources, you know, what is it that you want to achieve and are there resources out there? We're pretty good at finding them. So for sure. Reach out to us. Yeah.
1: And we will will keep showing you by doing the things that we do in our lives and reinventing ourselves on a regular basis. (laughs) We
0: will continue to do that as inspiration. I will, I have no problem taking that on as one of my roles. (laughs) Well, you know, you're, you're in the middle of doing it yourself. I'm in the middle of like a name change. So like, like I said, friends, we can do whatever we want to do. There's sky is the limit. Trust me.
1: Well, yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that we really want you to understand, you know, that we are here for you. Like bottom line, we get it. Even if we don't get it, we're ready to listen so yeah. that we will get it. Um, we are your allies. We are your your cheerleaders, your champions. We are, we are guinea pigs, <laughs> if you will. Um Because we really believe in all of this. This podcast isn't about anything other than that. We just believe in helping change people for the better and helping people heal and helping people believe in themselves so that they will go off and create their own beautiful lives.
0: Amen. So let us know if we can help you. Yeah. And we're we'll here. Look out for a TV show. Yeah, I know. I swear to God. It'd be an awesome idea. So we love you guys. We hope that something of what we said sticks in within your heart today and that gives you the fuel to see the possibilities that you have in your life. Yeah. We love you and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We
1: are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us.
0: To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at freuds underscore angels and on Facebook at freuds
1: angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey.
0: And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've
1: talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center.
0: And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.